Susan Cassius, IFL TV, MTK Global. Hello, Mike. Hey, what's going on? Bloody, bloody. Respect, bro. Respect. How are you? I'm good, man. Just keeping my head down, ducking and diving. You know, you know how it goes, man. You know, when you're when you're high-profile sports, man, you have to just learn to ride the wave. I'm not going to go into your situation. We know there's a lot of stuff yeah, of you can't talk about. I, I get that. Can of you course. Just, can you just tell me how frustrating this has been for you and how Eddie Hearn said the other day you, you've been depressed? How, how frustrating the situation has been? It's been very frustrating. You know what I mean, I'm WBC Inter World Champion, rare card, got the mandatory, and then stuff happened. That's just how it goes, bro. You know, but that's life. Life is full of ups and downs. You got to take the ups and the downs, then you take the downs and the ups. That's how it goes, bro. When are you hoping to put closure on this situation? I have no idea, mate. You know, obviously there's a process and the, you have to be, have to be patient and let the process sort itself out, brother. Could you fight this year? Is that a possibility? Or? Yeah, I can fight now. I, 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 I'm still... I can fight, you know what I mean? I can fight. I can fight and I will fight. But this year or is Yeah, that... yeah, of course, of course. I can fight and I will fight. I will be fighting this year. Okay, you will be, yeah? Yeah, yeah I will be fighting this okay. year. Okay. Alright, let's move away from that because I do appreciate this situation is delicate. No, of course, bro. What do you make of this? KSI. What do you make of this? You two YouTubers packing out the props here. There's about 3,000 people here. It's amazing because it's all been boxing to a whole new market. You know what I mean? We're in the age of streaming now. It's all about YouTube. You know, it, it, it's a great time and it's good that two guys like this can bring Look at those fans there, Jordan. It's what mad. It's they, they, mad. They bring him, you know what I mean? Listen, everyone's complaining about it. I think it's great bringing new fans into the game. It's great. You know, a well done to them as well for, for joining such a crowd. And, you know, I, I, I'm glad to see two young men making money. You know, and they're doing it the right way. They got professional licenses and they got professional people helping them as well. How, um, it's been kind of. The hardcore boxing fans have kind of knocked it. Hardcore boxing fans knock everything. The hardcore boxing fans are the most ungrateful people on the face of this planet. Oh yeah, this fight's no good, that fight's no good, oh yeah. This guy should fight that guy, oh yeah. He should jab more, oh yeah. He should move his head more. Oh yeah, he needs more movement, he needs this. Hardcore boxing fans are very ungrateful. They don't appreciate nothing, you know? What do you, I will ask you about, obviously I haven't spoken to you since obviously Joshua Ruiz. Yeah! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Look at him y'all! It's the champ when you fight in right. December. That's right. December Hopefully. he back y'all. He back in December. Who, who looking at champ? I don't know, wherever one smoke can get it, man. Look at him, y'all. He look how look how strong he is. Listen, if he hits you with one hook, you 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 might die. No, no, no. If he hits you with one hook, you might die. God forbid he What are you two fight? I wouldn't fight my brother. This is my brother. This is my brother. This is my nephew. I love him. This is my boy right here. I only fight people I don't like. What about you and Delboy? I'm with that. I'm with that. For sure. For sure. For sure. I'm with that. I'm being excited for I need you to help me get ready to me with that fight. You know what I'm saying? I'm cool. Let's go, champ. Yeah, yeah, for real. I'm with that. 2020. But Derek's my homie, kind of. That's cool. That's cool. But, you know. I can't help one and no help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. It's cool. I got love for Warsaw Zero. Me and Let's go, champ. Yeah, we beat him. Yeah, we beat him twice. We beat him twice. Let's go, champ. I got respect for Derek. I do too. Derek's the man. I got nothing but respect for him. If Eddie Hearn make it happen, I'm with it. Shannon just trying to get this money. That's yeah, I'm with it. I'm with it. I, I, I Tell him he's there. Yeah, make it happen. 
Make it happen. You, 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 make it happen. Make it happen. Delboy, Delboy Chris, whatever his name is. Chris Sora, make it happen. Delboy Chris Sora, make it happen. Ah, Eddie don't want it, y'all. Listen, Joshua Ruiz from Saudi, your your thoughts on that? You know what? It's going to be a great fight regardless what happened because of all the anticipation and the build-up from the first fight. But I just think, I just think Joshua needs to do what he does best. I don't think he should listen to all this negativity. People he's talking on the internet. Oh yeah, he needs to move more. He needs to do this. Fight with his hands down. That's all nonsense. He needs to do his thing. Do what he does best. And what he does best is to be strong and aggressive and be on the offensive. That's what he does. You know what I mean? Listen, Ruiz clocked him with a good punch. Behind the ear and he got hurt, he didn't recover. It's boxing. Everyone get put on their ass sooner or later. You know, we all do it. He put many people on their ass and now it's his turn. So what he's gonna do is, I believe in Robert McCracken. I think Robert McCracken's a good trainer. Took him a long way and he's still, Rob's a good trainer. Rob likes to work the basics. If you listen to the Rob in the corner, Rob's always telling him, work the basic, use your jab, long right hand, but he just needs to listen, be focused, and go out there. If he uses jab more against Sandy Ruiz, he knocks him out. He just got to jab more. Doubles, singles, doubles and triples, and he knocks Ruiz out. Ruiz is a tough guy. If you hit him with one big right hand, he'll take it. If you hit him with a couple jabs, you don't see the right hand come in, boom. That'll be that. But let's be honest, Ruiz, He's a good fighter, you know what I mean? He, he doesn't look him as a good fighter. He's very experienced, he's got quick hands but slow feet. And that's why Joshua needs to use the jab, you know? What did you make of Fury's win over Otto Wallin? You know what? Tyler Fury's shown me some love lately, so I'm showing him some love. Yeah. He read his best performance, but you know what? He made a lot, hell of a lot of money, and it's another win and it keeps him ticking to the big fight, you know what I mean? But he read his best performance, probably one of his worst performances to date. But I reckon he probably underestimated Atawillian. Atawillian showed up on box 12. I want that work. If Atawillian want this work, he can get it. I'll knock Atawillian out in six rounds. I'm the can man. If he want it, he can get it. Simple as that. Dylan, let me ask you, have you questioned your own future in the sport, whether you've wanted to do it or not in this time? You know what? In boxing, I'm not sitting and say, oh yeah, I ain't gonna lie, cause it seems like every time I'm rising, something else is trying to bring me down. You know, but that's boxing. Boxing's, my whole career's been mad up and down, up and down, up and down. But you know, it's stressful, man. It's hard. You know, boxing itself is hard anyway without the problems. But I'm always up and up and down, up and down in my career. But you know, it is what it is, you know what I mean? Um, Sometimes it's hard when all the people pretend they're on your side and, and back you, turn against you at the drop of a hat without no real nothing. Just speculation and people just turn against you or whatever, but this is what it is. Just finally, this press conference is about to start, but if you are to fight in December, is it like to be here or possibly America? I don't know, but I just need to speak to Eddie and see what's going on, man. But, you know, I'd like to fight in December, so let's see. But listen, I would just ask, because people are a bit like saying to me, why didn't you ask this and that? When the situation is resolved, will you let me come and kind of go through what's going on? You know on? what's what, bro. No, I'm, no, doing, yeah. I'm doing two interviews, one with you and one with my YouTube channel. Fuck everyone else. 
Dylan White, thank you very much for joining us. When you do know what's going on, don't worry about it. It's frustrating, but you know, you know, you know, it goes. It's a process, so you can respect the process. You know, you, you, you can't force the process. You can respect it and let it do its work. You know. Top man, couldn't catch you still in my IFL TV. Thank you very much, bro. Are you right? glad I'm back in the channel now? Yes, mate. We, our viewing figures <laughs> are going downhill. No, no, no. Now no, they're reaching out. IFL is big time now, man. You know, IFL is big time. You know, I'm glad to be back as well, man. It's good. Yeah. Respect, Thank you, mate. I'm going to review the judges' scorecards for this Golovkin-Dervinchenko fight. Go through them round by round and compare them to my scorecard. But before I do that, I first want to address the fact that there's a lot of people out there claiming that this fight was a robbery, saying that Dervinchenko clearly won by several rounds and that there's absolutely no way on earth you could have realistically scored this fight for Gennady Golovkin. Well, I wholeheartedly disagree with that. The reality is, this was not a fight where Derevanchenko dominated the majority of the rounds and therefore the majority of the rounds were very easy to score and it was very straightforward. This wasn't that kind of fight. This was a fight where there were multiple rounds which could have gone either way, which were open to interpretation. That's the reality of it. People pushing this narrative that it was clear as day who won. I would urge them, as I said in my post-fight video, to go watch the fight again in the cold light of day without the commentary. This is the version I watched. And remember, I didn't watch this fight live. I watched this video right here on Daily Motion on a channel called Boxing Fights Videos. And he has a version of the fight which is from the Canal X uh, television station. It's in HD, 60 frames per second, crystal clear quality. It has Eastern European commentary, so unless you understand that language, you won't be influenced by what the commentators are saying, as I wasn't, okay? So I would urge you to go do that. Because what I think is going on here, or what I think happened during the fight, is that a lot of people were so shocked by not only Derevanchenko's aggression and his success, but with how vulnerable Golovkin looked at times in this fight. They'd never seen him look so vulnerable. And so their shock led them to focus far more on what Derevanchenko was doing and therefore ignore what Golovkin was doing because they just weren't focused on what Golovkin was doing a lot of the time. They were only focused on what Derevanchenko was doing. And this skewed their perception of what was going on in a lot of the rounds and didn't allow them to score it as objectively as they should be. Now, I'm not saying that they were deliberately doing this, but it's just a, a byproduct of their shock. You know, at seeing Golovkin looking so vulnerable and what have you. So I would urge anybody who believes Derevanchenko clearly won to go watch it again in the cold light of day. Look at what both men are doing. Because although Derevanchenko was busier in many of the rounds, he was moving his hands a lot, he wasn't really landing as cleanly as Golovkin in many of the rounds. A lot of Dervinchenko's work was a bit scrappy, shots were being blocked, not really landing cleanly. 
You go watch it and you'll see. Whereas in some of them same rounds, Golovkin not as busy, but bang, he's landing solid jabs. Sometimes uppercuts, and Golovkin doesn't really throw many uppercuts. But in this fight, he lands some real nice uppercuts that snap Dervinchenko's head back. The left hooks as well. Anybody still running with this narrative that Golovkin uh, caused the cut on Derevchenko's eye with his head, you're wrong. There's instant replay in the fight. It, it's not in the, uh, after the second round. It's later on in the fight. They show an instant replay a couple times of that moment where the cut occurred. And it's after Golovkin hits him with some left hands in the eye. So it was a perfectly legal situation. He caught him with a punch in the eye. He cut his eye. Same with Otto Wallin when he fought Tyson Fury a couple weeks back. It was caused by a punch. <laughs> All right. So... Again, people were so shocked by what Derevchenko was doing and how vulnerable Golovkin looked that they were actually inadvertently, unintentionally ignoring a lot of the good work Golovkin was doing himself. So that's what I think is going on. That's why I think people are calling it a robbery. And that goes for the fans watching in the arena as well. Okay. And depending on where you're sat, you might not be able to tell from a distance which punches are landing clean and which are not. You can just see an aggressive guy in Derevchenko coming forward, throwing lots of lever but not realizing a lot of them shots are being blocked and are not landing clean. And at the end of the day, this is why we have three judges to score fights. This is why we don't have one. Because in a close round, which is open to interpretation, one judge might score it for the guy who's landing the cleaner shots. The other judge might score it for the guy who's landing, uh, you know, the more, uh, the, the, the higher volume of punches. And the third judge might score it for the guy who's more aggressive. This is why we have three judges. This is why we don't have one. <laughs> right? Because it's open to interpretation. And that's the reality of this fight. It was open to interpretation. Nobody has a definitive scorecard for this fight. My scorecard ain't definitive, and your scorecard ain't definitive either. So let's not play that game. And the judges' scorecards ain't definitive. If you had Golovkin winning by a round or two, no problem. If you had Derevchenko winning by a round or two, no problem. But let's not start acting like your scorecard is the ultimate one and nobody else. Uh, you know, no, no other opinion is valid other than your scorecard because you're just the greatest judge in the world when it comes to scoring boxing matches. No, it wasn't that kind of fight. <laughs> it was a highly competitive fight. Anyway, all that aside, let's actually get to the judges' scorecards, go through them round by round and compare them to my scorecard. And I'll tell you what I think about them at the end because although I think it's reasonable to say Golovkin won, it was a fight which could have gone either way. And therefore, you would expect that to be reflected in the judges' scorecard. So you might expect a split decision. If it is unanimous, or, well, a split decision or a majority decision. And if it is unanimous, you might expect every judge to only have Golovkin winning by one point or maybe two points at most, right? That's not what we saw. And I'll get to that once I've reviewed these scorecards round by round. So first round, everybody scored it 10-8 to Golovkin because of the knockdown. There's still controversy over the knockdown, obviously, because many people say it was on the back of the head, so it shouldn't have been counted as a knockdown. Personally, I've looked at the instant replay several times, and to be honest with you, from that angle, I don't know if it was properly on the back of the head or if it was just behind the ear. I don't know. And... I'm open to, you know, believe, believing that the referee 
genuinely thought it was a clean punch and it wasn't on the back of the head. That he maybe thought it landed on the ear or whatever. Derevinchenko moves his head a lot. And so Golovkin might have been aiming <clears throat> to hit him in the face. But when Derevinchenko moved his head a certain way, it ended up hitting him on the back of the head. Now that's not an excuse, but I don't think Golovkin did it intentionally in my opinion. And again, I'm not 100% sure if the punch was on the back of the head or not, but it was an unfortunate situation for Derevinchenko if it was on the back of the head. Either way, it was scored to Golovkin 10-8 by everybody, all the judges and on my scorecard. So the second round, two of the judges had it for Golovkin and one of them had it for Derevinchenko. I had the second round for Golovkin and in my notes, I said Golovkin landed the cleaner, more effective punches, despite the fact that Derevinchenko had a higher work rate. Third round. Two of the judges scored it for Derevinchenko. One of the judges scored it for Golovkin. Me personally, I scored the third round to Derevinchenko. I put in my notes that Golovkin was not throwing enough punches and that Derevinchenko landed a hurtful uh, or, or some hurtful body shots and he was the aggressor. Fourth round. Uh, two of the judges had it for Derevinchenko. One of them had it to Golovkin. Again, I scored the fourth round to Derevinchenko. In my notes, I said that Golovkin was struggling to cope with the work rate, speed and movement, and that Derevinchenko was the aggressor with the higher work rate. Fifth round. All three judges had it for Derevinchenko. And indeed, on my scorecard, I also had all three, uh, excuse me, I also had Derevinchenko winning the fifth round. And in my notes, I said that he had the superior work rate and he hurt Golovkin again with a body shot. And this time it was towards the end of the round. Sixth round, one judge, excuse me, two judges judges had the sixth round to Derevinchenko and one of them had it to Golovkin. I had the sixth round to Golovkin myself. Again, it put in my notes, he landed the cleaner, more effective shots. Seventh round, all three judges had this round to Golovkin and so did I. Uh, I put on my notes that it was a close round but Golovkin landed the cleaner, more effective shots. Eighth round. Two of them had it for Golovkin. One of them had it for Derevinchenko. I had it for Golovkin. Again, cleaner shots. Ninth round. Two of them for Golovkin. One of them for Derevinchenko. I had it for Derevinchenko. And I put in my notes, it was a close round, but Derevinchenko's better work rate nicked it for him. Tenth round. One judge had it for Golovkin and two had it for Derevinchenko. Now, I had this round for Derevinchenko, the 10th round. It was the best round of the fight, very dramatic round. And in my notes, I put Derevinchenko's work rate, aggression, and speed basically overwhelmed Golovkin at times and got him that round. You know, this is where some people might take issue with this particular judge's scorecard because I felt like the 10th round was one of Derevinchenko's strongest rounds. He did get clipped plenty of times himself. Let's not get it twisted. But I did feel that was one of his strongest rounds. Was it close enough to have given it to Golovkin? Mm, I mean, maybe a push. Now, does this show that some judges, and I'm talking about in this fight, may be giving Golovkin the benefit of the doubt in competitive rounds because of the fact that he's the house fighter? Possibly, yeah? But it's not a case of Golovkin getting the brakes beat off him 
in every single round and then the judge scoring it to Golovkin when he didn't do anything in the round. No, 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 no. That's not what is going on here for the most part. Yeah. That 10th round to me is the closest that you could come to that kind of round, which one of the judges scored it to Golovkin, even though Golovkin, you know, was under heavy, heavy pressure, under heavy fire in that round. Uh, the fifth round where Golovkin was hurt with that body shot, nobody scored it to him, you know? Anyway, 11th round. Two judges scored it to Derevanchenko. One of them scored it to Golovkin. I scored the 11th round to Golovkin myself. Again, I put cleaner shots. And then finally the 12th round. Now this round also surprised me a bit. Both guys were landing shots, but I felt that Derevanchenko won the 12th round. I personally, you know, felt quite strongly that he won the round. Again, if you watch closely, Golovkin was landing his own shots in there. But, you know, sometimes it's easy to get shocked by the, the ferocity of Derevanchenko's attacks and the speed of his attacks. But amidst those attacks, Golovkin was landing counters and solid shots in between at times. But even still, I actually have gone against all three judges who all scored it to Golovkin, which I, you know, I do find a little curious. I scored that 12th round to Derevanchenko. In my notes, I put that uh, Derevanchenko was the aggressor. He had a higher work rate and Golovkin looked tired. He looked buzzed at times and he was holding on. So again, the final scorecards from the judges were 115 to 112 twice and 114 to 113, which is what I had it to Gennady Golovkin. So yeah, let me know what you guys think in the comment section below about the round by round scoring. Were there any rounds there that really ring alarm bells for you? And again, if there were rounds which ring alarm bells for me, it would be the 12th and the 10th. Because to me, they were, they were two of Derevanchenko's strongest rounds. And for the 12th to be unanimous in favor of Golovkin, to me, that's a bit off. I'm not going to lie. That's a bit off. Yeah. The, the 10th round, you had, uh, where are we at? <clears throat> One of them giving Golovkin the 10th and two of them giving it to Dervinchenko. The one who gave it to Golovkin, I would like to ask him why he gave it to Golovkin. You know, what is it that he saw that he felt trumped the things that Dervinchenko did in that round? That one is also curious to me. But overall, I've got no issue with the result. A Golovkin win. Is he going to run it back with Derevanchenko? I highly doubt it. <laughs> but maybe DeZone will demand it. Who knows? Maybe if DeZone can sign Derevanchenko, because at the end of the day, Derevanchenko's with Lou DeBella. And who the hell is Lou DeBella promoting? Who, what, what shows is Lou DeBella putting on? You know? So, if... Dervinchenko can do some kind of deal with the zone. The zone might say, you know what, Gennady, if you're not going to get this Canelo fight, then we want you to fight Dervinchenko again. But apparently Canelo has already come out and said that he'll stop Golovkin in the third fight, which, you know, sounds like he's pretty interested in that rubber match now. And, you know, maybe that's what he'll go for if, well, actually, despite what happens in the Sergei Kovalev fight, because he's not going to stay at light heavyweight, is he, even if he wins? Um, and if he loses, again, he'll be looking to come back down to 160 to fight another big fight with Triple G or maybe even fight Derevanchenko. Who knows? So that's it, people. That's my review of the judges' scorecards. 
This robbery narrative, I think, is pretty off. It wasn't that kind of fight. It was highly competitive. And it, it, it wasn't even just the case of Golovkin landing solid jabs throughout the fight. Because Golovkin's jab wasn't as prolific in this fight as it has been in other fights. Golovkin was actually landing plenty of solid power punches. Hooks, uppercuts, right hands. Yeah, you got to watch it. They didn't have the kind of impact that we're used to seeing Golovkin's punches having. And that could have been because of the fact he was being pushed back a lot of the time. So his power is maybe not the same on the back foot as it is coming forward. That happens to a lot of fighters. You know, there are certain fighters who can punch tremendously hard on a back foot. But there's also a lot of other fighters who their power is massively diminished when they're being pushed back. Maybe that's the case with Golovkin. Um, also, Derevanchenko's movement. See, Golovkin is quite a slow guy. He, in order to deliver with maximum power, he needs to be able to set himself. Derevanchenko's movement, his head movement and his lateral movement in the pocket prevented Golovkin from setting himself and planting his feet to deliver with the kind of power we usually see him deliver with, you know? So I think that's another thing that's kind of offset Golovkin's power was Derevanchenko's movement, his aggression, you know, having Golovkin on the de defensive a lot of the time. And something I mentioned in my post-fight video, the fact that Golovkin doesn't seem to train for power anymore now that he's with Jonathan Banks. He's trying to adapt as older fighters need to and become less of the power puncher and go back to boxing skills. In this fight right here, no matter which strategy he employed, in my opinion, he was going to have a tough night. Whether he tried to go in there and trade with Derevanchenko, it was going to be tough for him. Or whether he, you know, tried to box, it was going to be tough either way. Um, but he, but as I say, he doesn't train for power with Jonathan Banks the way that he did with Abel Sanchez. And your power can vary from fight to fight. Let nobody convince you otherwise. Your power can vary from fight to fight. No question about it. So, you know, perhaps those things played into why Golovkin's punches weren't having the effect on Derevanchenko that we might have expected. Um, Derevinchenko appeared to be far more hurt by Danny Jacobs than he was by Gennady Golovkin. So anyway, let me know what you guys think in the comment section below. It's happening, I'm out. Join me on Patreon. I upload a minimum of two podcasts every single week covering a wide variety of controversial topics as well as live stream Q&A sessions. Take a look on screen right now at some of the podcasts I've produced so far. For just $3 a month, the equivalent of about £2 a month, you get access to all my new podcasts and my entire back catalogue of past podcasts, including my popular Confessions of a Nightclub Bouncer series. You can listen on your computer or on your smartphone or tablet by downloading the Patreon app from the Google Play Store or the App Store for free. The Patreon app also allows you to download each podcast in MP3. For less than the price of a cup of coffee, you get access to dozens of hours of exclusive content. It's easy to sign up, there's no contract, and you can cancel at any time. So come and join our community of free and critical thinkers by signing up with me here on Patreon today. When we said we're not doing a UK one, it was never that it was cancelled, it was just that we decided not to do one.
everyone went mad. Like my my Instagram, my Twitter, if you are disgraced, you've got to do a UK press conference. What about the UK fans? So I'm like, do you know what? Fly them over. And it was, a, it was a mad, mad turnout. Eddie, you said you said before this press conference they were going to expect a knockout in this fight. What do you think after what, what we've seen tonight? Is it, is yeah, you know what's going to happen is they're going to go in with a game plan, but they're going to they're going to excuse my language they're going to lose their shit because it's going to be so wild. Imagine all those corner people, all the close teams, all the fans. And when the bell goes, someone's going to get hit on the chin, and it's just they're just going to go for it. And someone's going to get cleaned out. And and I just said to them, I'm, I'm, I'm you know. Uh, Logan Paul said, I'm going to create a meme of you, right? Someone's going to get knocked out, and that meme, in their world, is going to be used as ammunition for the rest of their career. So they're not just fighting for the pride and for the win, but they're going to be humiliated by the other person for the rest of their career if someone gets knocked clean out, and I believe that. Frank Warren, sorry, Frank Warren said that you only chose this, um, this fight Is because that? Frank Warren. Frank Warren. <laughs> he, he said because you only provided seventy thousand subscribers for the zone. Well, that's over a million subscribers, but that's another story. But he's a dinosaur. He don't know what he's talking about. If he had the chance to promote this then he would be right up there like a rat up a drain pipe. The truth is, they're not going to ask him to do it, because he's yesterday's news, he don't know what he's doing. So they chose me, I'm honoured, I'm learning, this is a new world, I'm 40 years of age. This is like a world well younger than me. Now you see the kids here tonight, we've got the execs of all our broadcasters, all our kids are coming, right, and they're friends. Oh, can, can we meet them? Can we meet them? Yeah, cool, come on. Oh my, you know, they're like on the floor. These are like the big, some of the biggest personalities in the world with the biggest followings. So, I think it's great they're fighting. I watched the first one, I was asked to do the first one, I said no. I should have done it. There was a few quid to be made. But I watched it, I was in awe, and now I'm doing number two, and I can't wait. Eddie, a new demographic for yourself and everyone involved. How nice is it to come to a press conference of this magnitude and not get booed? Well, yeah, I don't, because they don't know who I am. That's why, the truth is, I'm up there, they don't know who I am, they know I'll promote, they only know me through this, right? That's because they're a new audience. So I thought it was funny when I passed over to Adam Smith and Joe Markoski, I mean, it was the shortest speech from a broadcaster ever. And I'm just glad I brought True Geordie, because I would have been lost up there, I mean, I wouldn't yeah. know what to do. Eddie, I'm not, I'm not sure I've seen an emotional response from the audience since maybe Ricky Hatton. No, no, why, why are this audience so invested in I these guys? I don't, that's a good question, and I'm learning this, right? I don't know. But what surprised me the most is, is like, this isn't people turning up like for a game show. These are people screaming and shouting with passion. Right? It's mad. I don't know what it is. But this, we live in a world. We live in a world where these guys are the new role models. Right? As a parent myself, like it, hate it. It's the truth. My kids, I want them to be inspired by Olympic athletes. The truth is, they're inspired by YouTubers. You know, and social media stars. So we can't just ignore that and say, oh, that's ridiculous. Like, this is this is just how it is. So hopefully these guys, by the way, can actually be positive role models as well. And I know they're doing this and it's entertainment, but actually, one thing I like about boxing is they're taking it seriously. You know, they're following the code of the sport, and hopefully they respect it afterwards and they can get on. We'll see about that. Just on the subject of the role models, um, I think Logan did say he's going to kill KSI. I know it's a lot of bravado, yeah. but what's your response to that? Yeah, I mean, again, heat at the moment stuff. He shouldn't really say that. A lot of fighters say that as well. Um, I think the way that he says it is a little bit different to the way some people might say it, if that makes sense. I'm going to kill you, bro! Like, that's like... Uh, these guys speak in a slightly different language. But, uh, they need to learn about the dangers of the sport because when they walk into that arena on November night, it's going to be very dangerous.
our last interview, we were absolutely flooded with comments with the mention of Alison Gibb versus Jake Paul. Um, I don't even know. Is that quite happening or not? It will do. It probably won't be on uh, November 9th, but look, you saw the response tonight. Like, the, the, the thing is here is, the zone particularly are going to bring in a huge amount of subscribers on November 9th, hundreds of thousands. How are you going to keep them for the month after that and the month after that? So that's something we've got to learn. Do we drop in a, a fight in December or January with, with Jake Paul? I don't know. We're learning. You know, but we can't ignore it. Like, I'm getting it all the time in my in my uh, Instagram DMs. Put this on. Jake Gibb. I'm like, I don't even know who these people are. I'm not phoning people out there. Who's Gibb? Who's Face Sensei? I don't know who they are. You know, but that's the world we live in. These guys, they're, they're celebrities. They've got following. And at the end of the day, they're taking it seriously. Now, some, some of them have, have had fights already, you know. It's just madness. I don't know what to think. Are we likely to see more and more YouTube personalities on proper boxing shows to, to broaden the appeal of boxing, which essentially is quite a small market? Possibly, but it's got to be decent. I don't want people on there that can't fight. I'm sorry. But I, I watched one of the fights on the undercard in the last show. Some bloke was doing the floss and the other one was doing that thing my kid does, was it the hike or something? Not for me. Not for me. Jake Paul and KSI can fight. They're in great shape. They're athletes. They take it seriously. I'm good with it. They turn professional. They had their medicals. They're doing VADA testing. They're doing everything that pro fighters should do. And they're training like pros. So I respect them. Let them fight and, and let them entertain. From your podcast, um, Rio Ferdinand and um, Wayne Rooney. Yeah, I spoke, spoke to you about. I was with Wayne Rooney at the Golovkin fight. He yeah. wants to fight. He wants to play. Actually, wants to fight Jonathan Ross. Well, he wants to fight. He wants to fight uh, Rio Ferdinand as well. Who knows? I mean, look, like people love people love boxing. Wayne Rooney's been boxing all his life. He can fight. Rio Ferdinand had a little stint. People love the thought of the challenge of having a fight. I've been in uh, BBC Sport Relief got in touch with me, and they want me to run a series for Sport Relief. Same kind of thing. I think it's great. Anything that gets people interested in boxing, whether it's participating, whether it's watching, whether it's going to going to our shows, whatever it is, it's got to be great for the sport. Last last couple of us. Eddie, how crazy is that? You've been to the Fury Kitsch for a while, yeah. mate. No, that was nothing. But I mean, this is crazy. On another level. You know, the thing is, anyone that came tonight from our world just leaves going, that's the craziest thing I've ever seen. I mean, from that world, they're like, yeah, it's like, yeah, this is what the last one was like, you know, but I'm just like, and again, it's, it's the ferocity of the fans. It's not like, ha, 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 it's, I mean, there were things, like someone threw a tab of Vaseline at me. You know what I mean? I'm not sure what he was insinuating. Maybe it was Derek Chisora. Maybe it was Derek Chisora. But there's a few bits up on stage, a few coins as well, which was a bit naughty. Is that going to hurt? Gareth Davies got one in the back of the head, so weren't all bad. Um, just madness, mate. Madness. I don't know. The last one got 1.2 million global buyers. I think the last one did 400,000 in the UK, 400,000 in the US. But this, that was on a. 3 p.m. US time, Eastern. This is a better time. This will be about 9 p.m. Eastern. The earlier in the UK in the morning, 4 a.m. So probably a few less in the uh, UK. Sky Sports pushing it hard uh, on box office. Same prices uh, last time. And um, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, it's crazy. Like we've said, we owe them some like six or seven thousand tickets in the first couple of weeks. Like you don't. That doesn't happen in boxing in America. Right? And they always buy late. So we'll have a 18, 19,000 in the Staples Centre. It's going to be like the time fight week kicks in and all the fight week activities, the whole YouTube community will be engaged. And by the way, it's my job as well to engage the fight community. Because at the moment, the fight community is saying, this is a joke. Right? What you, like my credibility in the boxing 
And I'm saying, I'm sorry, but you've got to explore this. Otherwise, you're an anorak and you're a, you're a dinosaur. So let me delve into this world and learn a little bit more about it. And it fascinates me. Because I'm a numbers man. Right? So I'm looking at the numbers. I'm looking at streams. I'm looking at the pay-per-view. And I'm just thinking, and the digital interactions, social interactions, I'm thinking, we, we don't get this in boxing. Not that we don't get it. We don't even get it to a tenth of this in boxing. And I'm talking about for the biggest events out there. Oh, just on that, Eddie, numbers, um, how's this, how does this compare in terms of viewership to AJ and Ruiz? Uh, it won't do anywhere near the pay-per-view, UK pay-per-view that AJ Ruiz would do. It will, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think this does four or 500,000 sign-ups for zone, and I think AJ Ruiz will probably do the same kind of numbers for zone. No, so what does that say about boxing though? It's, just the new biggest... audience, yeah, it's the new audience. It's not just how you compare it to a boxing audience. It's how you compare it to any audience. Forget boxing. Look at any sport. Like rugby, cricket, golf. You think anything like that delivers numbers like this? Impossible. That's why like Sky look at it and they're like, can I put it? Like, we had our, we've got a YouTube channel, Matrim YouTube. Alright? Matrim Boxing YouTube. Subscribe please. Thank you. <laughs> we get, we're small. We've got 70,000 members. We, we only just started. For the AJ Breeze press conference, I think we got nine or 10,000 watching live. Tonight, we got 30,000 watching right, on our YouTube channel. So again, we're tiny. They got like a million, something like that. But that shows you three times as many people have watched this than the AJ Breeze press conference. And they've gone to our YouTube channel. Hopefully, they stay, subscribe, and watch all our other content, start learning about the sport, investing in the sport. Oh, we watched the Regis Progress, uh, Josh Taylor. Oh, you know what? We'll go to October 26th. That looks fun. This is how it starts. But even if you can get 1% of this audience, it's great for boxing. So, Danny Flexant here for seconds out with Joe Markovsky, the executive vice president of the Zone North America. Joe, can you start off by telling us what, why was the Zone so attracted to the rematch between KSI and Logan Paul? Well, a couple of reasons, really. Look, we're building out what we believe is the strongest schedule of, of boxing content ever put together. Um, part of our strategy in the US, in particular, is to grow the number of people watching that that great schedule. Um, we're investing a hell of a lot of money. We want as many people to watch the content and buy the Zone subscriptions as possible. We saw this opportunity. Uh, as a way of significantly increasing the number of people watching a boxing event, of introducing some of our um, real boxing talent, if you want to call it that, the likes of Devin Haney and Billy Joe Saunders, to a huge audience, and it will be a huge audience globally, in particular in the US. Um, so for us, it just makes sense as, as we continue to grow our audience and grow our, our position in the heart of US boxing. How much of a reassurance that you made the right move was today's event, the press conference? Because the crowd reaction to it, if it's any indication of what you're going to get from it, was amazing. Yeah, we had the event in LA a couple of weeks ago. I never heard, never seen Eddie Hearn so speechless and sort of in awe of what was what he'd put together. That is a rarity. I think I think he said some of the lines that this might be the biggest boxing event I've ever, I've ever promoted, but he probably doesn't want that out there in the public either. Too late. <laughs> yeah, but look, it's, it's fantastic. I mean, it's all about for us engaging a new fan base. I mean. The kids here today, average age, I'd say 13, 14, 15 maybe, um, they're not traditional boxing fans. Boxing's not done itself any favours last 30 or 40 years with how it's marketed itself, how it's, how it's broadcast itself. They've taken their biggest moments and put them behind a $90 
paywall and pay-per-view in the US, which means kids like this don't don't watch it in in the numbers they should. If this event can be part of a a, a broader investment we're making to, to grow boxing, make it glamorous again, make it exciting for kids again, package it as a season like we're doing in the US at the moment right now with Triple G and Canelo and AJ Ruiz too. You've got unbelievable lineup of events. This this is right at the heart of it. And look, if we can, if that can be part of our our, our contribution to the sport of boxing, then we're very happy with that because it's going to work for our business as well. It got a bit dicey up there. You weren't asked to get involved in the trash talk, but you were a victim of some of the projectiles yeah. thrown from the crowd. That's a, uh, a commemorative 20 pence piece. Uh, this was thrown at me along with a book. I'm sure I wasn't the intended target. Did you keep the book or just the 20 pence piece? I've, kept, I've, kept, got, I've got limited hand luggage on the way back to the US, so I've kept the 20 pence piece. But look, no, no one got hurt, thankfully. There was uh, tight security getting in here today, but the, uh, the interest was huge. And uh, look, it is an indication of the passion these guys have for their, for their stars. And it's the same in LA. Uh, a bit of a calmer crowd, I have to say, and a bit more, more of a civilized crowd, which yeah. is disappointed as an Englishman. But um, look, it's exciting and we're, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to it November the 9th. It's a huge night for us. Before I let you go, just a message to the sceptics out there, the boxing hardcore fans, if you like, who are unsure or sitting on the fence about whether to watch this. What would you say to convince them to tune in? Get a life and enjoy it. Because it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm not sure that's going to work, no, but yeah. It's going, be, it's going to be, look, I don't see why you, why you wouldn't like it. Um, we're not reducing the number of boxing events we're putting on. We are making the best fights in boxing. Triple G Derevinchenko on Sasto is an unbelievable fight night. You've got Canelo Kovalev, hugely interesting, you know, purist boxing fight, watching Canelo step up to 175. You've got the rematch of you know, AJ's career on the line um, on December the 7th in Saudi Arabia. So this is, this is something on the side. This brings more people into the sport you love if you're a hardcore fan. And frankly, you've got nothing to complain about. It's going to be a great few months for the zone in the US, Sky Sports here in the UK. And this is on the side. This is like, a, you know, app, man. It's uh, cherry on the cake and we're, we're looking forward to it. Brilliant, Joe, we really appreciate your time. We look forward to the event. Yeah, thanks very much. Thanks, Oscar Bevis Fryerfeld TV in association with MTK Global. I'm here at the KSI Logan Ball 2 press conference. And I'm delighted to be joined by Sky's Adam Smith. First things first, Adam, I just said this to you a minute ago. Have you ever seen anything like this outside a press conference? It's extraordinary, isn't it? You know, I think the people were queuing from six o'clock this morning, uh, yeah, lines and lines of fans, and you know, a real young, new, vibrant demographic. And look, they're, they're, they've come to see their YouTube heroes. Um, it's uh, an incredible event and uh, listen, we're, we're excited to be part of it. It's something really different for us. It's um, changing times and uh, you know, if it can bring a whole new audience to, to boxing, then um, as we say, bring it on. I think you know, it, it's been a huge climb over the last five or six years in, in the boxing world globally. We've had some wonderful fights, some uh, great stories, the heavyweight division alive and well. And you know, now we've got um, two YouTubers who are, who are captivating a completely different market. 
And you add on there the likes of sort of Billy Joe Saunders, Devin Haney, some of the top fighters in our world. And, you know, you're going to get a lot of eyeballs on boxing. So I think it's, it's really exciting. Um, I think that it is... Um, they're two great characters, KSI and Logan Paul. You know, we're not we're not saying that they can they can really box that they're uh, they're anything but a couple of novices because that's what they are. But look, there's a lot of beef. They're training hard and um, they've got a score to settle. And look how many people want to watch it. The eyeballs on this are going to be huge. It's uh, in many ways it's the sort of standout, um, rather bizarre event of the year. It's not the the AJ Ruiz wonderful rematch in, in the boxing world that we're all excited about or the huge schedule we've got coming up to Christmas. It's different. This is entertainment. This is uh, something that the young are demanding and this is what we're going to give them. Of course, there is scepticism around this, uh, especially from a hardcore boxing fan point of view. I'm a hardcore well, fan myself, so it is, it is. I can totally understand that. But when you see something like uh, we're going to see here today, is it hard to sort of not take your eyes off of it? Because if Sky don't pick it up, somebody else will. Uh, yeah, I think that's a fair point. But I think that, you know, we're, we're looking at everything that moves forward it's not just boxing this is not just sport this is entertainment this is you know this is a uh, a different world than, than, than we had a few years ago you know I, I went to see Logan in uh, in LA last week and I spent uh, Friday morning with with KSI and you know these guys are smart individuals you know they, they hit a market a few years ago uh, which has literally exploded and everybody now wants to be a YouTube star my eight-year-old daughter Tilly has her own channel you know everyone wants to do it now and uh, you know you, you walk around a, a group of sort of 30 to 50 year olds and ask them about KSI and Logan Paul, they don't really know. But any, anyone underneath that, they know everything about them. So it, it's, yeah, it's, it's just giving entertainment to, to an audience. And I think you're right. I think somebody else would have snapped it up. You know, YouTube did it last time. Uh, it's a new uh, venture for us. Uh, it's a uh, 9.95 price. It's not what we normally charge for the Sky Sports box office event. Um, so it is different and we're seeing it as different and we know it's a different demographic and a different audience but um, and I understand the hardcore and I understand the the trade who will say you know how can these guys be topping a bill with with Haney and Billy Joe on, on the card so to speak but Billy Billy Joe can't wait to be on that card he can't wait to see those guys topping the bill and and actually it's entertainment you know we, we did a a slightly different thing, but it, it was bringing the two worlds together in Mayweather McGregor uh, a couple of years ago, and um, that was just a phenomenal event. You know, we, we all believe that Mayweather would win that, and he did, but it was a great, you know, terrific build-up. It was fun, and I think if you take it for what it is, it's entertainment, and that's what we want to be giving fans. I suppose, like you said about Mayweather McGregor, if you talk about a foregone conclusion, that probably is actually more of a foregone conclusion than this, but <laughs> anyone who's watched the... Uh, first fight that they had with the sides of the gloves yeah, and the yeah, head guards yeah. is it fair enough to say that this could be a fight that could be over in a minute 30 seconds once oh, they get hit of course it could I mean um, you know I've watched them both train and uh, you know they are, they're novices let's not, let's not kid ourselves I mean Logan's got a, a bit of a wrestling background uh, he's been training very hard for the last year you know he's under Shannon Briggs's tutelage and you know Shannon and, and Arsenal all go way way back so they're not messing around here whereas um Vidal Riley's with KSI and they're going to go and spend some time with Jeff Mayweather in Vegas after this. So, uh, you know, they're training really hard for it. And as you said, take away the, the head guards, give them the 10-ounce gloves. And, uh, you know, there's a, there is a, a possibility that one of them is going to go and uh, it could be very, very exciting. But I think if you take it for what it is at its level, if you're a boxing fan and you enjoy the card and, and the big night at the stable centre, but then if you're, a, you know, if you're on YouTube and in that generation with the, what, 17-odd million on Instagram that that Logan has and, and the millions that KSI brings to the party, 
you know, all they want to do is they want to see their heroes fight and they want to see a, a winner and a loser. So, uh, you know, they're going to get that. You know, my kids are on their way down. I'm sure there's a lot of, of others that are just trying to be here, flock here to be at this event that won't be able to get to L.A. And, uh, you know, this thing started, what, a year and a half ago when KSI fought Joe Weller. And um, it was the same night that Lawrence Sokoli fought Isaac Chamberlain. And I said to my 11-year-old uh, boy at the time that day, who wins, as in Akoli or Chamberlain? He said, KSI, of course. I didn't know what he was talking about. Now I know, and uh, we all need to know because this is the changing world. In terms of the card, Devin Haney and Billy Joe Saunders are the two that we know will feature as the, sort of, the bigger names on there. Opponent-wise, what can we expect? I've heard rumours about Billy Joe perhaps fighting a, a fairly unknown Garnet and some, or an unknown quantity, should we I'm say? not sure yet. I need to talk to Eddie about that. I've been uh, locked away on other things, but um, I'm sure both of them will have uh, good fights. It's important that they have uh, fights where we can also, you know, almost sell their talent as well to the to the uh, the, the world of of the the young, the the 12 to 24, whatever that demographic is that that Logan and his brother Jake and, and KSI bring as well. But uh, yeah, I think it's uh, it's important that they're in. Um, in serious competitive fights but also they have a chance to shine and show what they can really do so uh, yeah i'm looking forward to a stack card and a big night at the stable center okay i want to go back to saturday's action from new york yep Gennady golovkin sergey derevenchenko great fight fantastic fight um after spence porter is a lot resting on fights like that especially from america over here and we got another cracker um talk to you about golovkin obviously it came out after that he was ill and there was a lot of controversy over the cards and he got booed at the MSG as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, just talk to you about the fight in general. And, and well, I think what a, what a fortnight it's been. You know, I was in LA for Spence and Porter. It was one of the great fights of, uh, of recent times. Terrific clash. They, they put absolutely everything into it. Then we had the golden contract here on Friday night, which was a great start. Two really good fights as we uh, ticked on through the night. Really enjoyed that. Great sort of way to kick off that tournament. And then on Saturday, Golovkin uh, and Devianchenko in New York. And listen, we couldn't have had a, a better fight. I mean, you know, whether Golovkin was ill, whether he was a bit under par, whether, you know, he's not quite what he was, it was a terrific fight. And Devianchenko was excellent all the way through. I thought Golovkin nicked it. Obviously, he had the knockdown. And I think that, you know, he was probably thinking it would be an early night and he got dragged in a bit. And at times, it looked like Devianchenko might even, you know, possibly take him out. But listen, it was a great, great fight. It shows that Golovkin is just value for money, he's entertainment whenever he gets in a ring. I'd like to see them do it again, but I don't know how many more Gennady will want like that, because that was hard. Do you imagine that although you know Golovkin did perform well, and at 37 that is an impressive performance, but could you imagine that Canelo might perhaps be pushing for the trilogy, seeing uh, how much that would have taken out of Golovkin and the fact that he's also 37 at this point? Well, Sal's got his own work cut out. You know, He's got to concentrate on, on his business on November the 2nd against Kovalev you know that's a, a tough ask it's it's a big step up and you know although many think Kovalev's not quite what he was he had the win over Anthony Yard and you know that's a that's a big jump up in weight and I think Canelo needs to concentrate on that but look yeah I'm sure he'll he'll look at it and think you know I fancy I fancy Golovkin maybe more than I did you know 48 hours ago or so but um, you know look stars make fights as we know um, you know Gennady maybe he was ill maybe he had an off night but he has had some hard fights too. So, uh, look, I'm just going to enjoy Gennady Golovkin while we got him. He's, he's, he's been a wonderful, wonderful fighter for a number of years. And, um, you know, he's still delivering performances like that. So, uh, you know, let's hope we get another year or two out of him. And just finally, you did mention it uh, briefly a minute ago, the MTK Golden Contract yeah. show on Friday night. Um, yeah, I think it's fair to say over-delivered perhaps in terms of the fights that we got. 
I think it was one of those that sort of climbed as we went on. It was a, a, a slightly, we knew that the first fight wouldn't probably gel. As, as a cracker, it was, uh, you know, a lot of skills and a, and a lot of technique and obviously the, the late replacement. And, and then, you know, Jazza Dickens, I thought, boxed really well. But again, you know, there was that knockout bonus and he didn't really go for that. Whereas the other two seemed intent on getting it. You know, Ryan Walsh laid on, Lee Wood laid on. That was a great fight, the Walsh fight. That could have topped any bill. That was high quality. It really was. And he was excellent, the Cuban. And I thought, you know, that was, that was a very, very good win for Ryan Walsh. Loved his fans. Great atmosphere. I said, I'll tell you what, we'll have the semis here if you can bring double the amount from Prober yeah, next time. Yeah. I'd love to have him back there. And, you know, Lee Wood brought his own fans from Nottingham. Uh, really good fight again. You know, fantastic uh, matchup. Um, you know, it, that's, what it, that's what it brings to, to the table, the, the, the new contract. It brings these unbeaten folk in with the ones maybe at a slightly more experienced. You don't know who you're going to get on the week of the draw. I thought it was a, you know, it's a great concept. And I thought it was an even better start. As you said, probably over-delivered. It was fantastic. We move on to the light welters in, in November, and I think, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's very exciting times. And just in terms of uh, Sky, obviously you've got the super lightweights and the light heavyweights. Obviously, what was the response like from the people at Sky in terms of, uh, obviously I know it's only show one, and we've got the other weights to come. The response from Sky positive, and it's saying that they want to keep going forward? Yes, we loved it. I mean, we, we all really enjoyed working alongside the MTK crew. It was fantastic. You know, matchroom involved, obviously, with the deal because, um, you know, uh, Eddie's our UK promoter. And, you know, as, when I heard about this, first of all, Matt Macklin told me about the idea and I called Eddie and Eddie was, was right up for it. And uh, I'm really glad we could get something uh, over the line. And we got three this side of Christmas, then the semi-finals and final the other side. And uh, I think it's a really good concept because it gives a lot of the, the sort of the pot of sort of British fighters who have not really been, and Irish fighters and, and, and international as well, who've not been given that, that chance yet, or maybe they've had the chance and they, they need that, that, that sort of, you know, bit more, and they've got that challenge now. Not only it's good money and it's, uh, it's, it's a great sort of profile on Sky, but also they've got the chance of a golden contract at the end of it, which is, uh, which is fantastic. So, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a real success. Anyway, fingers crossed. Right, Adam, this place is filling up and it's getting a bit loud, so I'm going to let you go. Thank you. Thank you for speaking to IFL TV, and I'm no sure we'll catch sir. up soon. Thank no you. Problem. you here tonight? Well, um, I'm going to be honored later on and uh, since I got this medal, which is like an official statement that um, I'm a legend, so I can actually introduce myself to you. What's your name? Durrell. Durrell. Yeah. Nice to meet you, legend. Nice to meet you as well. Legend, nice to meet you. <laughs> Alright, so it's an amazing event where um, athletes are getting honored. And uh, I believe that foundation, Bonnie County Foundation is, has been doing a great job. And this is a stage to also not just honor uh, the athletes, but also stress out certain things and challenges in life that athletes are facing, especially athletes that are handicapped. Um, I believe that to be part of it is just to add certain value to this foundation and get things better. Especially, as I said, for athletes that has been suffering from the injuries. 
So looking at today's uh, heavyweight boxing landscape, who do you think is the best out of uh, Deontay Wilder, Anthony Joshua, or Andy Ruiz, or, or Tyson Fury? Heavyweight division right now has been mixed up with a lot of names and different characters, and I think I think it's getting exciting. So we are not kind of bored with the same name, conquered the division for a decade, so you have different players and I believe this mix of, of different names makes the heavy division appealing and exciting for the fans. So I definitely look forward to rematch Andy Reese as a champion with that and Joshua. I really do look forward to it. And in December is going to, to happen. So we know that Anthony um, has lost on one hand as anyone can lose. And now we're gonna watch how he's gonna manage this challenge to become champion again. Do you think Joshua will defeat Ruiz the next this time? I could think anything, but the reality, everyone, the reality is that everyone can lose a fight, but not everyone can recover. And uh, it's the next challenge, and I really wish to Anthony that he's gonna make it. I mean, no disrespect to Andrew Ruiz, and I think you've done an amazing job. Um, but I also I've always been a fan of, of Anthony since we fought, so and we've met since actually was watching him winning the Olympic gold medal. Uh, to both of the fighters, so wish good luck. Let the strongest win, and um, just really hope that uh, Anthony's gonna make it. Final question: What do you think about Wilder versus Ortiz? Another exciting fight, even though Ortiz lost, it was challenging to Wilder, and uh, we can talk about it a lot, just let's watch and enjoy this challenge for both the fighters. Absolutely, thank you.